This is the Sense Right Now podcast, the podcast of SenseRightNow.com and Clean and Sober, K-L-E-N and S-O-B-R. So, so, let's see what we got going. I did uh, a couple things um, I wanted to talk about, and then right before the show, right. I, here, I've been feeling anxious, pressure, pressure put up solely um, applied by myself. Yep. Um, self-applied pressure. Self-applied pressure uh, to to figure out how to get collars on or a collar just to figure out how to do somebody yep. somebody or somebody's remotely whether that means yep. just open up lines and mm-hmm. um and I, I just don't think i'm i'm ready yet as a producer right. of this show right uh, to do it's that i'm ready i'm ready i think we're ready as co-hosts sure. i yes. just um i just have to be comfortable with how that's going to work logistically yeah. and how i'm how it's going to work with me trying to fill a a more active producer role yeah while we're co-hosting yeah so i'm getting there uh, it's just uh, getting my my skills up to snuff this is the 10th episode okay. um, really i've ever done wow. of a podcast ever so awesome. I, I thought i could do it by 10 but it's going to be a couple more i think people um congratulations on 10 though well congratulations to you yeah. i mean they wouldn't you know, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. Well, of course, we wouldn't. If we both weren't here. <laughs> it would be one of us. Um, but no, I, I appreciate it, and I've I've thoroughly enjoyed uh, doing this with you. Yeah, me too. Um, for the past ten it's episodes, and I hope we don't make it sound like it's over. It's been fun. Yeah, it has. We're gonna. <laughs> it is fun. Okay. Man. All right. Um, yeah, I just told somebody that we we got picked up for a second season. So. Oh, good. Yeah, that's what you make ten episodes. Um, but maybe we could ask for questions. Is it possible to I get did. questions? So that's then, what I did. Oh, good. Listen to you. Wow. So right before we got on, yeah. slightly desperate and slightly like an epiphany that I should have had before, much like all of my sort of epiphanies in recovery. Right. Late. Um, I, uh, I just tweeted, mm-hmm. anybody have anything they'd like Jeff and I to talk about tonight? Cool. And we've got a couple, a couple of, um, a couple of things. Cool. And, and they sort of they, they relate. So, um, I'm going to save that for a moment though, because okay. one of the things I wanted to pick up on from last time is, and, and it's actually maybe from the past couple. Mm-hmm. It's sort of this idea of the anonymity, the whether it be like a, a straight up AA anonymity, mm-hmm. you know, the, the code of the rooms, right. um, or whether it be someone's self-imposed anonymity, or or, or not coming out. Mm-hmm. I guess it is not not being out um, because of all I can think of is if not, it's not necessarily a shame. I guess, but it could just be it's uncomfortable, right? I mean, with any any. Yes, they, they may be uncomfortable. So yep. you know, I'm just reading different things about mm-hmm. people at different stages in their re- sobriety, mm-hmm. recovery. Um, you know, going to an event that um, the last time they were there, kind of thing, they may have uh, been drinking, mm-hmm. or they may have had too much to drink, or they may have, you know, it may be a, a, a situation where they they were using the last time, and they're going back there, and they don't want the people that are there. They don't want those people. Yeah. I guess, you know, whether that be close friends or merely acquaintances. Um, But it all sort of 
ties into this. To think they're quitters? Yeah. Like, or, or to, I, I don't know what it is. Um, and I mean, I understand the need to protect oneself and mm-hmm. to maybe you, you know, you're more vulnerable in the early stages. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, and, and it sort of jogged in my memory. I went back again to those diaries I keep talking about that I haven't really mined yet on this right. show to a great deal, but I was reading one from, uh, let's see. So September to what, like January is how many months is that? Help me do the quick math. September, September January. September, September, so like five months. Okay. So five months sobriety. Yeah. Um, I was going to a wedding and, uh, and the last time you saw these people, they all knew you were, a yeah, they, they all knew me as doing. like a, well, yeah. And the to their minds, Chris, the partier. Yeah. Because yeah. the party guy, you know, right. Like, the dreadlock scout, all the, with yeah. chemicals in his brain. Exactly. Okay. Um, and you were sober. And so I was sober and I, and I look, I was in the diary. I, I, I wrote something about how, um, I hope I don't get any shit from, from the people, people from, right. Cause it was, it was going, you know, and I just, yeah. Like a fear of, uh, challenges or like, what do you, what do you mean you quit drinking pussy? Let's go. Exactly. Let's yeah. Exactly. That, that, it's like, I did, I just, I, people and so I, I recognize yeah. that, um, that need. Yeah. And I, and I, I guess I just wanted to talk through yeah. it a little bit. Yeah. I mean, cause I, I recognize it, but me now, 17 years later, I'm right. like, I, I just, I wish people didn't have to go yeah, through that yeah. phase. Did anyone um, challenge you at that wedding? Um, was there anyone who said anything? I think there was side eye, like well, Chris is drinking. What's going on? You know, asking yeah. like you know the the groom or yeah. you know, it's like what's going on? What's... But did anyone like? I always think like they are most people when you quit drinking and you tell them, they probably are like, "Thank God, you needed to quit drinking, man. You were a mess." I, yeah, you know, I you... don't know. You know, no. I have a, everything about my active period as far as that pressure Mm -hmm. like i was never in danger of an intervention because nobody saw the whole picture with me and they just saw little pieces and nobody yeah little pieces Mm -hmm. and i you know i was good at that um i I mean i pulled geographicals which thank god i learned that term like in the past couple months i was yeah king geographical that was my thing yeah that was my move yeah that was Um, my move but uh yeah so no one really knew and yeah, and it's just weird. And well, you know, and and when you have, uh, you know, both sets of my parents are in the alcohol, yeah, were in the alcohol business at right. the time. Um, and I don't know. So I think that colors your perception. Mm-hmm. I think um, I don't know. I think there's just a lot of trust for me that somehow I, you know, I don't know that I. Yeah. Do you, so are you? And I'm not, I'm just like, so there's sort of this side of you need to ease your way into letting people know. Right. And then there's, I think the other argument against that is we are all super secretive people that I think if you don't come out and just say, I'm I'm an addict or I'm an alcoholic or just get, tear that bandaid off, there's basically your disease is still keeping one foot in the disease. You're not quite ready to let everyone know yes. that you are an alcoholic. You're going to let somebody know, see how that feels, but you're not ready. You're just not ready yeah. to quit yet because you don't want every single person in your life to know. And you still want to have that foot in the, man, because this Friday I might want to go out and drink or drug yeah. and I want to go out with my friends. And I don't want it to be an issue because if my friends all think I'm an alcoholic, then it'll be this super awkward, <laughs> right? right? Once you tell everyone, 
then nobody wants to see you get drunk right. after you've admitted that you're an alcoholic to them. Yeah, that's a great point. Well, and it, <laughs> right? it, there's yeah, and it has it, it has so many like tentacles yeah. in terms of how it makes people feel. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's that aspect. If yeah. you do end up drinking, of course, yeah, then they're going to be like, well, what the hell's going on now? <laughs> right. you drinking? Like, didn't you, you tell me you're an alcoholic? Um, but then also it, it calls in it it it. I know there are plenty of people that feels like it. Then it places a judgment on them, yeah. um, like somehow your abstinence. Yes, yes, is, and there's that side of it too. Is a judgment on yes. them that they have to examine their drink. Yep, yep. Um, You're absolutely right. If your friends drink nearly as much as you, and mine did, mm-hmm. but I don't think any were alcoholics. But I know that my my worrying about me being an alcoholic. They all said, no, you're not, right. no, you're not, yeah. no, you're not. But these are all college and, you know, early 20s when everyone kind of drank a lot. But, yeah. But even you had that with your family. Everyone has to look at their own drinking if somebody else has a problem, right? Yeah, nobody wants that. Yeah. To some degree. Yeah. But I was going to ask you, was there any fallout from last week's episode? Oh, from last week's episode? Did anyone say anything? No, I, I keep... Because uh... in case you missed it, we talked about... Chris's family. <laughs> we did. We broke them yeah. down. No, yeah, a specific situation. And if they listen with to my it, family. they might. Right. You know, well, if they listen to it. Right. Yeah, they might get um, a little. You know, I don't know. Testy. Um, no, no, I haven't. I haven't talked to anybody okay. about it. Just curious. But uh, you know, there's nothing. There's no ill will, and there's yeah. nothing. No. Negative. I don't no, think. No. Um, I agree. Well, to to go back to that, I think that person we were speaking of mm-hmm. last year mm-hmm. my family still you mm-hmm. know an active came out mm-hmm. went went back in came out to you yeah not to anyone else no, not to anyone else right? right right to me um and they got they got and they got back in yeah right right um and but it, i think there's an element of shame there in that secrecy yeah that somehow it still has this idea that it's not okay to suffer from this whatever you want to call it disease or not yep, this yep. affliction yep and want to get better from it it's not the wanting it's it's not even okay to like have it admit it and deal with it yeah. you know which is just the strangest thing to me to, to, to be able to identify this thing you have mm-hmm. to know how to de- to deal with mm-hmm. it and not do it yeah will just f- now certainly on the other side mm-hmm. obviously forever baffle me right but you know i've been there i've been yeah. in the deepest of deep denials yep and, uh, you know, I've been trying to do some work after last week's episode on that aspect of remembering how it is to be still one foot or more, you know, in, in, in act, mm-hmm. an active, mm-hmm. uh, you know, addiction. Um, because denial is just the craziest beast. Um, yeah. So, well, and, you know, we have no, I think when you're out there, I don't think you have any relationship with the truth whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And so I think the sooner you can get that relationship with, the truth that I am an alcoholic or addict and just own it, admit it. And I don't know if you need to tell every single person in your life. Um, you know, right. I don't think it requires that. Um, and I think lots of people get in recovery and never tell people they work with their work doesn't right. know. And they just, I quit drinking uh, for health reasons. Or my doctor mm-hmm. said I have a health problem. So I quit drinking, just explain it away quickly and not right. worry about it. Like you go to a wedding with your friends and Oh, I have a health issue and I can't drink anymore. I'm pregnant. Right. Yeah. That wouldn't work for um, you, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. No, and I get it. And it's it's certainly not about um ever, you know, dragging anyone out yeah. um of it or, or feeling like everybody has to be out. I just I guess it just it I I feel for people when they feel the discomfort of real or perceived yeah. stigma. 
uh, of it. And, you know, one thing I read, and I, I again, be in the liner notes, I have to, to find the post, but mm-hmm. uh, someone had posted that uh, it was a great post. They went back, I guess, a year, I think it was a year into the recovery and they interviewed their friends and family to get just like some quotes about what they thought yeah. when they came out to them okay. uh, as an alcoholic and recovery, totally which is just like a, f- a phenomenal idea. Yeah. I love yeah. that idea. Yeah. It's like, and I, something I really want to do at this point, 17 yeah. years later, because here's the thing. And it'd be interesting to see because I have distinct, I have a terrible memory for dates, but I have a pretty good memory for things words that happened. and yeah. things that were said yep. to yep. me. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I had one person who was outright angry at me for quitting. Wow. Um, a, a fellow user? Partaker? No, 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 no. A family member. Wow. Yeah, who's, who was not... Who's Just didn't want to hear it. Didn't want to hear it. Wow. And who's not... Um, Why were they angry? Who's not an addict or an yeah. alcoholic. Uh, uh, I, I think it's... I, I don't know. I'd have to ask. I, I don't think I ever followed up. I, I, there are so many things that it, really I, I, naive, I naively sort of skipped past mm-hmm. through much of my recovery just because I've never, once I, once I got to a certain point in my own recovery and mm-hmm. I was okay for me, mm-hmm. and you know, it's a little bit shameful. I don't necessarily regret that I didn't do it. I've, I've figured it out now, but I just sort of stopped doing a lot of learning in those yeah. early phases, not using AA or, or, continuing really to see a therapist with any regularity um there's just a lot of work that didn't get done mm-hmm. from a from me from a family standpoint right like right. you know i didn't know i didn't go to AA, so i, didn't, I don't think i knew at what Al-Anon was so right. i didn't in, encourage didn't, my right. family to go so right. you know for the, I, people i don't think my family still to this day really understands alcoholism sure. what i'm doing right and you know i've told you this off air before there's someone in my family who like 14 years or 15 years, you know, just a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. into my sobriety and recovery, said, I didn't know you were an alcoholic. Wow. And I'm like, well, why did you think I quit drinking 15 years ago? <laughs> uh, you just, for the hell, just something to do. Yeah, something mean, to do. Um, Save a little money. But, uh, so, so, so what, what did that person say when they went back and reviewed the year, when they went back and did their year? What did, did they find out something on that post? Well, they did some interesting, yeah. just some interesting reactions from friends and family. Yeah. And I mean, like that's surprising their... things. Like, was it obvious that like, oh, dude, you needed uh, to quit or was it like, I think there's a mix. Yeah. And I mean, I'll, I'll post the link cause that's, you know, that's theirs to, to share, but, um, it's definitely something I, I, I want to do. Yeah, I, yeah. I want to, I'd Go like to that. know what, yeah. what, what people were thinking Absolutely. because especially those, cause those two reactions I just told mm-hmm. you, like one really early on, I think it was literally, it was actually before I quit, and I think I told this person wow. I was oh, going to. I'm like, no, got, don't. They got mad at me. Um, and, uh, you know, this other one 15 years later, I think, or just, I, I want, I've never explored that, and I, I probably should. That's interesting. Um, so, well, that, and it's wonder, you know, it's like, do people, I don't know, that's funny. They just don't ever think about it or something. I don't know. I don't know what that reaction means. I wonder if the one reaction meant that they were disappointed and somehow they there was a, a fault with you. Like you're you there was something wrong, like a fault or something. Well, yeah, you know I think there's a sense of in a lot of people yeah. um that alcoholics are fundamentally damaged. Yeah. Um, and you have some somehow control over or it or addicts. something. Yeah. yeah. That's some right, exactly. Yeah. That you're um but you're, you're a weakling. 
Yeah, or, or whatever. Yeah, so whatever. You know, all yeah. those all those pejorative words yeah. that that ever, you know, so many people are working so hard to figure out how to get past all those um, that language and yeah. that stigma associated with it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but so I, I guess so broadly, that's all. I just wanted to yeah. ramble a bunch yeah. about the shame, the stigma, the anonymity, the secrecy uh, coming out. Yep. And I don't know that you know, like I guess with a lot of what we do on here, we don't. Mm-hmm. Really think, find like, an answer. We just sort of no, talk I know. about and I wonder it. what like the fear of coming out now is. There still is there? Do lots of people have that? Do you yeah. see that a lot? Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to come out because people at work are going to think bad of me because my friends are going to think of bad it. of my family. All of it um, are going to think bad of you, like people that really love you and want you to but, succeed. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, if, I if don't know if out, it's yeah. I think even people that love you and want you to succeed. There's some really. But I mean, it, sad it, reactions that people still get to. I mean, I think probably many, many, many people still get to this day for working to, you know, find sobriety and recovery, which mm-hmm. is the biggest shame of all, yeah. that there should be that tangible, hurtful stigma. Like I've read stories about people being denied, you know, r- rental of a mm-hmm. like an apartment or something, mm-hmm. you know, or um, that it's huh. been a challenge to getting a job, you know, things mm-hmm. like that, that... Um, yeah, well, that's a, that's a really good question. And I would say overall, most people know you're an alcoholic. And when you tell them, they'll be like, good. Good for you for getting sober. Most people hmm. probably know. But I think it's interesting. We, we talk a lot about that. Like, it asks you on a question, right. you know, in most applications. Um, do you, Have you used alcohol, drugs? They, you know, most applications right. try to... Do you like to party? Yeah. Most applications <laughs> right. try to delve into your past drug sure. use. And <clears throat> that's a big question. Me. Is rigorous honesty on a job application mm-hmm. are, are how rigorously honest can you be and i've heard two schools of thought one is tell everything and let the chips fall where mm-hmm. they may and turn over to your higher power but the other one is if you've got some time it's it's sort of a common sense thing mm-hmm. you know you're trying to get a job and it's honestly not your employer's business mm-hmm. i guess in some ways mm-hmm. is it is it your prospective employer's business to even know this about you can you it's your you're applying for a job mm-hmm. you either can do the job or you can't mm-hmm. So is that question even fair on an application? And should you be rigorously honest in filling out your past drug use and alcohol use history? Oh, I, I don't know so. the answer. I, do. I, I would think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't. I don't know if that that the the end result, you know, is always going to be um, just. You know, yeah. I don't know if the, the it'll be received justly. Yeah. But you know, not this. Um, God, I forget the name again. Not brutal honesty, but whatever. I'm not. You know, yeah, I'm, yeah, not, yeah. I'm not. I'm not a proponent of that by any means, but right. once you start lying, it's just, it's, you know, big, small, mm-hmm. everywhere in between. It's just such a challenge to maintain it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but so, you know, I, I don't know. Um, but, and it's funny. I think, I always think like the odds are somebody, you probably have as good odds of somebody being in recovery, receiving mm-hmm. your application and making yeah, that right. a good thing, you know? Right. Like I'm in, I'm a friend of Bill W's or whatever. I'm mm-hmm. sober too. Cause you know, once you get in, you'll, you'll be surprised how many people are in, right? Mm-hmm. You just meet yeah. them all the time. And so that's the other side about being honest with your recovery is that you'll find a whole new set of people mm-hmm. <laughs> that know exactly what you're going through, um, that are sober all over the place, you know? So, um, so what did we, well, like I said, we raise questions and talk yep. about them and we don't necessarily <laughs> answer no, questions no, no. here. That's, we just, um, what, what did I do today? I, I coined a phrase some, some on Twitter, um, since right now, pod, oh, to, to reflect and serve. 
Ooh, that's nice. But, um, that's what we do. We reflect on yeah. uh, stuff. And we, I think, yeah, that's exactly right. But so, um, and there are no answers to these things. There are no answers, right? It's just it, we're, we're, yeah, just talking mm-hmm. through stuff and trying to. Yeah, but I would say, like, I would say, right. if you're trying to, to figure out whether you should, if the if you if in your head you are struggling with the issue of whether you're an alcoholic or not, let me say that most normal people who don't have right. drinking problems don't ever have that thinking, right. right? So the mere fact that you're having this thinking probably means you have a drinking problem, I would say. Well, that was, I mean, one of my favorite quotes very early on. I don't remember where I saw it. It might have been from, like, Carolyn Knapp's book or something, mm-hmm. but it was um, people that aren't alcoholics don't spend any time sitting around wondering if they are. Ever. <laughs> <Right>. Totally. <laughs> Isn't that funny? And I'm like, well, I spend a lot of time thinking about <laughs> I know. Me too. Like, right. wow, that's on my mind a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so so you got that going for So if you are, I think the sooner you can get start getting someone and tell them that you are. Yeah. And I think if there's still this, to me, this, the, the foolish or the, it's sort of like the insidiousness of your addiction that is telling you that you can't tell other people because they won't understand, I think is a red flag. And that is your addiction telling you that. So you cannot get help. I think that's a part of your brain in many ways it does not want you to tell anyone you're an alcoholic and addict. And it's telling you that, like, oh, you can't tell anyone because it's shameful and they'll, right. they won't th- they'll think less of you. But I think that might be your disease saying, we do not want anyone to know. You know, it's to kill, keep you in the, still keep you yeah. in the seriously, possibly. And I just, I think that's something to look at. And I, I think, think that's you're, something to be aware of. I think you're right. I think there's definitely an element of that. But I think there's also, it's a magnified version, too, of sometimes, like, I don't know if you ever had this. I remember if I used to get, like, a haircut yeah. and have to go to school, and this is me, though, with my social anxiety. Like, yeah. I didn't want to go to school if it was, like, too short sure. or, like, too weird. Yeah. You know, like, somehow not exactly how I wanted right, it. Right. I, I, like, I'm hated going to school the next day. Right. But there's some measure of that, too, where it's just kind yeah. of yeah. an element of yourself that is changed and it makes you uncomfortable, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but so I mean, I'm, I'm, I understand that aspect too. But uh, I also, um, yeah, I hear, I totally hear what you're saying. That yeah. it's it's you won't regret it your, in the long run, right? Exactly. That, I get, that's a fantastic yeah. point. That's yeah. now there's a good point to yeah. make. In the long run, you will not regret. You will not. Yeah. Um, if you're sober, yeah. And, and I know we, you and I, come from two different schools or, or mm-hmm. paths to recovery. Yep. Um, and I don't even remember like at what point early on where we sort of told each other. Yeah. Um, it was pretty early on yeah, somehow. I'm sure, it was at, um, um, I'm sure it was at the agency. But yeah, yeah, yeah. The agency with the big tomato. Right. <laughs> but uh, in terms of, okay, so I'm, I'm, I always have so much trouble with the, the, the anonymity and Alcoholics yeah. Anonymous. Yeah. So that does not preclude you from telling me. No. How long have you been comfortable telling people? Let me ask um, that. Yeah, it, very early on. It's never bothered me. I don't ever remember hiding it from anyone ever uh, that I was in AA or went to meetings or would freely talk about it okay. at every job I've ever had. I don't ever remember ever not caring whether people cared or not. Right. Um, I think there was early on when I was in the beer business, there may have been some awkward moments about why I wasn't drinking the client's beer that everyone was drinking, uh, having to explain all that. Um, but I'm not sure, but I can't remember. Um, anyway, I'm getting some weird feedback. Oh, you are. Yeah, it is kind of weird, but yeah, no, I, I never had a problem with it. And I always 
so anyway, that's a, it's a tough one for me to access because I was I was just so happy to like find what I found. I was like, oh yeah. man, I will tell everyone about this because it saved my life at that moment, you know. So yeah, never that was not an issue for me. So that was okay. I, I guess I, I yeah. was trying. I was wondering if that was an aspect of AA that maybe and funny. It, I think anonymity. You know, and it's from the 30s. There probably was real, still far more stigma in the 30s right. about alcoholics Absolutely. having moral failings right. and being something that they could control. So I think the anonymity started there because if people labeled you an alcoholic, there was probably right. a lot of social repercussions sure. that did not exist when I got sober at all. Um, most people are incredibly supportive. Most people right. knew I was an alcoholic. I mean, it was, I had the reaction of like, good for you. Cause you were, <laughs> you were going to jail or dying. Yeah. Um, so I think most people were happy for me and I don't think that that is, was there. So now I even think it's even less stigma. I think there's so much, I, I think, and I'm sure there is still, uh, there is, I mean, there's just the personal shame and, yeah. uh, but I don't think there's a lot of societal stigma about if you are an alcoholic and in recovery, right. I don't know if people are like, oh, I can't give you a job or, oh, you have a moral failing. I don't, I don't know. I'm sure there is. And I think, yeah, and it did, again, it's like everything though. It depends on the, the, the people involved, yeah. right? And the context and all that. Yeah. And, and well, that's... if you're Australian, like the Australians <laughs> joke, they're like, <laughs> like I have some friends that are from Australia and they're like, they don't get, they don't get not drinking. I don't know if they're just having fun with me, right. but they like, as a culture, they like, if you don't drink, you're a quitter. You're, right. You know, you're, you're, <laughs> Like they just don't understand the whole thing, and I wonder if that's true or not from some of my hard drinking Aussie friends. Uh, it <laughs> could be. I mean, I know uh, you know I've a couple of people I follow um, on Twitter that yeah. are Australian, but you know, yeah. um, have different perspectives, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do think it's changed over the years in terms of. Um, Alcoholism, yeah, but you know, different addictions have different perceptions yep, too. Yep. It's like I think it's certainly, um, you know, with the heroin yes. epidemic. Yeah, I mean, it's sort yep. of heroin, sex, still, food, right, all those well, have exactly. crazy, right? I think yes. there's a lot more toughness of coming out with those kinds of yes. things than alcohol, which is, and it, I agree with that. Right. And uh, which is an interesting yeah. point to segue. Yeah. Um, so when I did, and and mm-hmm. and I think well, let's let's end that with it. We mm-hmm. we because I don't know that we're necessarily equipped to really talk about the challenges that um, you know those dealing you know about with their heroin addictions yeah. or, or food addictions. I, I don't know what we're equipped no. to to sex to talk about those things. Sex and cocaine. <laughs> well, Maybe those two. But well, for sure. But I mean, <laughs> but. Personally, I could talk um, about that, but yeah, food, no. Well, but the, the yes. Well, in this regard, though, let's talk about it in this yeah. regard because so when I did reach out earlier on Twitter, I asked um, if anyone uh, had anything they'd like mm-hmm. us to talk mm-hmm. about on this episode, and um, we got uh, a hearty endorsement for um, a couple of things, okay. and one of which was um, this idea of your addictions shifting or your, you know, your addictive oh, yeah. behavior, when you take one take thing one away, away from yeah. it, it slides it over and looks for something else yeah. to latch onto. Right. Yeah. And, um, yep. How, how that happens if it's, a, and, uh, if it's ever, um, if there's ever anything legitimate, it could find a latch onto. Yeah. And my, my immediate reaction to that was 
not exactly yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> my my when I did get sober my immediate replacement addiction which I didn't recognize at the time but in retrospect was so clear was working out yeah I was just gonna say I mean out. and just to just like a very you addictive, threw yourself at I it. threw myself at right, it which is a, a biochemical high yeah oh right? yeah yeah just yeah. like anything I mean like hours a day yeah. like you know so in ret- retrospect I saw that I can see that now in yep. me what I did immediately yeah um and then you know as we've talked and about I did before, that too oh you did with yeah no out. I just went to yeah first time I'd ever gone to a gym and worked oh, right. out. I lived <laughs> in funny. Florida and I yeah. went Almost immediately getting sober. I went to this gym and just never had done the gym thing before, but did the gym thing. Hardcore. And yeah, yeah, that sort of replaced it right out of the gate. Mm -hmm. Just massive gaps of time where I wasn't drinking, doing something else. Which is myself into it, yeah. Which is great because you want to find something else to do at that time. But then there's a point where, I mean, I know mine did become... um, I I mean, I I won't say just I suffer from OCD or, or... What's the other one? Obsessive compulsive. Yeah, I, I don't think I have that, but right. but at the time I was about working out and just yeah. and just like my diet. And I think I've told this before yeah, on the podcast. Yeah. Like I stopped eating butter and I stopped eating cheese and just you know I'm living at home at the time. Yeah. And my mom, mom's cooking and yeah. saying you know well I'm cooking so yeah, you know yeah. here's what's for dinner. Yeah, um, but uh, but yeah. So, so is so, that a bad? Or do you think that was bad? I don't think that specific. One no, was bad. but I, I'd well, encourage anyone. And that was, you know, that, that's somebody did ask that. Um, and uh, you know, is is there any such thing as a healthy addiction? And I think it it, it would pretty good. Well, which I think was okay. I think we'd also have to go back and then get into defining addiction. Yeah, was yeah. that really an addiction, or was that an yeah, obsessive yeah, yeah. behavior? Yeah. That could have, you know moved into dangerously obsessive mm-hmm. um, were you that like i don't ever my gym days weren't dangerously obsessive they were fine like they were good they were very healthy no but i could see i mean there, there are people that do move into dangerously yes. obsessive working out yep, and they yep. you know whatever they stop eating and they get yep. too too thin and unhealthy and their organs you know fail because x y and z um i wasn't there no, no, but I was working out a lot. <laughs> so, <laughs> but you know, it's um, funny. Were you using it? Because here's the thing. I think addicts have a hole in their soul. This is the way yeah. it's been described to me. Is this this basic discontentment, this mm-hmm. dissatisfaction with life that your head is constantly telling you something's constantly wrong. You feel you, less than. You feel less than. And you feel like you got to take something from outside your body and put it in there. Right. And that temporarily takes that feeling away. Mm-hmm. But it comes back and then you have to continually put mm-hmm. that whatever that thing was. So sex is mm. a big one. I, mm. I could see that being replaced. Uh, gambling. Mm-hmm. Lots of people go and gamble. And mm-hmm. I've known lo- lots of people in the program who are heavy gamblers and mm. had to deal with that. Um, I think cigarettes, obviously, mm-hmm. right? right? You and I smoked for a long time. Long time. We would not give that up immediately. No. And that, I think, also... I mean, I, I worked out and smoked. Me too. <laughs> I would come back from a run. I mean, a big, hard, no, long hill run. And I would have a smoke. I know. Which, um, and I did that for a long time. So I was, did you. I was in the best shape of my life when I, I was a smoker, and which don't, anybody that's still smoking, <laughs> do not take that as an endorsement. No, I know. Um, because my lungs were not in the best shape. No. I'm talking physically. But you used it, but we smoked for the same way, I think. The same, you're trying to go for this thing. I had my two-year marijuana maintenance program, right. which was the same thing. Yeah. You're trying to figure out something. I think we just continually search for that thing that's going to make us take that feeling away and the truth is that thing doesn't exist and i think that now i'm at the point where i like totally get that i'm Mm -hmm. like even if a smoking pot would not lead me to ruin 
but it's not going to work. And it's not. It's not going <laughs> to. Right, it's not going to do you any favors ultimately. I mean, ultimately, no. And and there can you can make all the arguments that somehow it, I don't know, whatever provides you some measure of fun sure. or or I don't uh, know yeah. what. Yeah, but, it's a fine. It's but fine. Ultimately, you're not being who you are. You yeah, know, it's just at just, the end of the day, it's never going to work. It's, yeah. There's never going to be enough. So uh, yes, do you move on to other addictions? <clears throat> um, yes, are those things you got to ultimately deal yeah. with? It's funny though. I think in newcomers, if mm. alcohols or whatever your core addiction mm-hmm. is, whatever the reason you're getting in, mm-hmm. heroin, alcohol, you hear this a lot. And, and I know guys that walk in and want to quit everything: mm-hmm. cigarettes, coffee, right. AAA, they or alcohol. Right. They just want to jump in in 30 days, 10 to 10 days sober. They're right. like, this is awesome. I'm quitting everything. You're like, no, don't, yeah. don't do that. Just, yeah. <laughs> just slow down. Right. Let's get this one thing taken right. care of. And if you're addicted to three other things, th- they'll come in time. You know, that's another thing I did by accident yeah. was quit. You know, quit drugs like I don't know, like four, three, four months before, before right? And then got clear from that. My yeah. head got clearer, and then I realized I should probably quit drinking. Yeah, and you, when you quit drugs, you're like, "This is going to take care of the problem. I'm going to quit drugs, right. exactly, and I can I still drink." I didn't even recognize that underneath cool. it, it was the alcohol right. that was the foundation of the problem. Yep. No, until I quit funny. the drugs, which is crazy. It's just yeah. Um, but you were thinking that you're like, "This makes perfect sense." Right. But and what's interesting too is you know that that shifting addiction mm-hmm. is also now in retrospect, I recognize my career yeah turned into that for me really it i was wow. i be well i became um Obs- uh, overtly obsessed with your ov- work well yeah i mean in a sense if you look at it as um you know if we're talking about the substance you put in numbs whatever else you have going on underneath mm-hmm. and takes you out of yourself and somehow makes you feel temporarily better about yourself um that's where what I was doing, and that's why that's why you know I've talked about this before. I think I talked about it last couple episodes, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, one, I stopped worrying about being the best me and wanted to be the be- a better somebody else. Yeah. Um, and and that's where that was going for me. Is I was just trying to I was pouring myself into it with diminishing returns, um, and I was losing focus and 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 stopped being effective. Yeah. At what, what I was doing, um, but but I do think in retrospect that it was sort of I don't know if I necessarily call it an addiction per se the mm. work but it was i was definitely got obsessive about it yeah. um and yeah. it was and it was certainly something that i was like trying you put, to, did you put your emotional well-being in yeah, your work absolutely yeah I, I put it at, at risk yeah because of the work yeah towards the end yeah um certainly towards the end but it, it had been escalating yeah. over a, a period of years yeah because i remember thinking um you know it took going to the the second agency working for you yep. where it, it made me realize it wasn't about, um, you know, the grass being greener. It's mm-hmm. just, I didn't want to be in the yard anymore. You know, it's like, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't, I, That's funny. I couldn't keep functioning, you yeah. know, out there. And, yeah. um, so, you know, whether that's addiction or not, it was unhealthy, sort of compulsive behavior that I was yeah. using to like try to feed my ego, but it wasn't working yeah. out, you know, yeah. so it was getting yeah. really frustrating yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, anyway, but so I, I think that sort of, you know, uh, fits in with, you know, that notion of um, this, this energy, mm-hmm. whether it be necessarily the addiction, the uh, latching onto another addiction, yep. but it's this energy you have that goes into your, an addiction, yeah. how you project it. And, um, you know, even now with uh, this effort, this, you know, clean and sober and mm-hmm. since right now mm-hmm. and spending time on Twitter, mm-hmm. I, I try to be very cognizant of yeah. 
not, um, you know, being obsessive or compulsive yeah. about any of it. I check in, you know, with yeah. myself and my wife, you know, I'm like, I, when I very first started this and I was, I'm still very excited, but yeah. I, I had this really like, yeah. just, wow, this is really great. This yeah. is, you know, this is, feels so good to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I check with my wife, like, I'm, I'm not being manic, am I? I'm yeah. just excited, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, it's right. like, I have Normal to like, excited, right. I have to like, this is like, just, right. yeah, I don't see, you know, um, but you know, sometimes you have to check with uh, yeah, an outside Checking source. Well, totally. But I, but I, you know, it's all in the interest of knowing who I am. Yeah. Um, I want yeah. Well, yeah, second opinions. Need, yeah. <laughs> it, it's hard to have that perspective sometimes yourself. Well, with, without it is. somebody. But I would say, like, when you get in, it's it's sort of like yes, don't pick up another like I quit booze, so now I can do more drugs, or I quit drugs, so now I can drink. Right. I think all of that stuff is off the table. Like, right? Yeah, yeah. Don't switch to another substance. To another Legit- substance. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No. Well, let's make that. Clear. Yeah. When that happens, that's that's not working. But <laughs> no. um, you know, well, you know, sugar falls mm-hmm. into that for like a lot yeah. of alcoholics specifically. Yeah. I don't know if that. Well, it's funny. They, in the in the old days, and I'm sure they still do. Mm-hmm. There used to be candy donuts. Like every lots of clubs still do that. Lots of clubs have lots of sweets because right. literally you be you become alcohols. There's so much sugar right. and booze that when you get there, you have this giant crash of sugar. So they have candies and cookies right. and where they used to. Um, and yeah, I'm, but anyway, yeah. And, and at that point, it's like I would not, I would not encourage someone to keep eating the cookie for the next 30 days if they need a cookie to get through the withdrawals of alcohol yeah. and then deal with the cookie later you know exactly although i mean that's a whole th- thing unto itself now people trying to I know. wean themselves of sugar, sugar is which, the new i'm like i don't know addiction. if i can do it it's like I'll have sugar not, is the I new know. Well, alcohol. Man. And I thought coffee was cool too, but all of a sudden I feel like coffee's getting a bad rap. I know. And, and I, uh, I've been I've been now would you quit coffee? I don't know. I mean, oh, that's a tough one. I mean, but now I feel awkward. Like I was just uh well, I love coffee, but I, said, I love coffee. Yeah. And well that I don't know if you saw that sober challenge thing I did. It's like I was like I felt like awkward saying I'm not willing to give up coffee because it Yeah. But then I'm like am I just like an addict in denial and yeah. you know about but my coffee but I don't know. You know it's a mood. Okay. I'm sure it does something to you. Sure. Physiologically. And I don't I don't know if I would ultimately miss it if I wasn't on it. I do know the days that I don't have caffeine I have a massive freaking headache and I'm like I don't want to deal with that. Yeah. That's funny. It's like everything else though. But I loved oh, I loved taste. smoking. Yeah. Until I quit smoking. And I was like, what? Why was I ever addicted to that? Anyway? And well, I was totally addicted to it. Well, and that's what another, another, another and you Twitter quit after user, me, right? I quit after you. And another Twitter user want, want to know if we have, what, what our insights are into quitting smoking. Um, and I think we have, we have two different paths. Yeah, yep, I'll tell you. You, you. go. go for it. No, you go. Okay. So I tried, I tried everything and I tried quitting four or five times and it's this, and it was, it was harder physically than alcohol. Uh, and I quit easy alcohol. I, had, I hit a bottom. That, you know, my story was a spiritual awakening right. for alcohol. So it was what it was. <laughs> I did not have that with smoking. Um, I tried to quit black depression, hated everyone. It was the worst thing. Quit for a little while, eight months, kept going back, quit for a little while. And they were horrible months. Just awful. Truly the worst experience ever. Hmm. I went to my doctor. But wait, how are you quitting? How are you trying? Cold turkey. Cold so turkey. I was trying Sorry. cold turkey. Okay. I read this book. Uh, Alan Carr? Yes. Who recommended that to me? And that's how I quit the first time for like eight months. And it was miserable, but it, it worked. And it's a good... like Interesting. Well, you tell yours. Yeah. Tr- yeah I mean, it's worth a try. It's yeah. worth a try. If you can <laughs> so you if finish you do yours. Car, finish yours. Do it. This is going to zero out on the Alan Carr book, though, based on that. Yeah. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a thumbs up. So. Oh, good. Yeah. Right. It, I did quit using the Alan Carr okay. book. And then but... I picked it up again. And I did not quit. I was still a miserable quitter. Right. Yeah. I was still miserable quitting. Um. 
And then I tried Shantex and within literally seven days, I could not believe I ever smoked. That's how quick Shantex was for me. Within seven days, I was like, I can't believe I was ever addicted to these things. And it was the easiest thing ever. It was so easy. But this isn't an endorsement. And it doesn't work for everybody. It does not work for everyone. Like the side effects are a mile long. Right. And I've heard horrible. Some people have really bad reactions to it, but it worked like a charm for me. So... I, tr- I mean, it's worth a try hmm. if you're at the end of your rope with smoking. It did work for me, and it was really easy to quit with Shantex. And I was done. I mean, done. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, totally strange. And and I, I hear that it works by capping your nip- nicotine receptors so you immediately aren't addicted to nicotine. And once you're not addicted to nicotine, you don't want to smoke anymore. Interesting. So I guess the challenge is the, 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 um, the um, what are the disclaimers, what are they called? Yeah, warnings, uh, yeah, whatever. Warnings. Uh-huh. I mean, those must be based on the wrong thing getting capped or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no um, idea. Okay. But you, you do hear lots right. of people had bad dreams and all this violence and all this stuff. Right. Yeah. So well, I had a really good experience. And, and my doctor was like, oh, yeah, try it. All the, all the, his, in his experience as a doctor, the vast majority of people it works for or it mm-hmm. helps. And I'm sure that's like it with every drug. And you, by the right. time you get through any side effect with any drug, you're I know like, you, you don't. Ah! Want to no, I know. I'm, so I, I mean, I go talk to a doctor. I guess exactly. Yeah, but so and so since taking that Chantix, that was that's yeah. what did it. for That me. was it for me. Um, okay. So yeah. So what was yours? And this was when I was forty. Well, so just I, before forty. So okay. So right. I was like thirty-nine and a half when I quit. Right. Yeah. So you after. Quitting drinking, yep. you continued to smoke for sixteen years. Right, I know, isn't that I crazy? I love smoking. I know, I know. We both we were smoking buddies. Yeah, yeah. And so, I, I mean, I was there yeah. when you quit smoking. I had the yeah. same reaction when your drinking buddy tells you they're going to quit drinking. You're like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> it, which was it's so you know. It, in retrospect, that's to like, right. I remember that. Yeah. In retrospect, though, to remember that is such a terrible <laughs> guilt. <laughs> inducing feeling that's funny. to think about saying that to somebody about one about drinking, which I've said that to somebody that came to me and said, I'm quitting uh, drinking. I said, like, oh, said, I'm an alcoholic. I said, dude, no, you're not. Pick up a beer. I've done that before. <laughs> not proud of that at all. Yeah. And then when you quit smoking, I'm like, ah, oh, don't quit smoking. <laughs> you know, don't, dude, come stand you, out in the cold with me and yeah. smoke at the office. Come, come on, on, dude. It's fun. <laughs> um, around that time, I think is when I really started thinking about doing it because for the yeah. longest time um you know how many years did i smoke yeah, like 11 were, or 12 yeah. i think after after you quit drinking after i yeah. quit drinking i kept smoking and you know cigarettes and coffee you know i used to joke about you know you don't can't take away these from me take these away from me these are all i have you know which <laughs> they'll pry my you know, cigarette which away is from just me when they a goofy thing too to say yeah. it's like don't take this drug away from me because it's, it's all, all i've I got have. <laughs> you know it's like leave me one um <laughs> Which, you know, just a terrible argument, but it's, you know, it's denial about another thing that in some ways I think people think is more benign because it's legal, but it's also um, the one drug that is legally engineered to be addictive. Yes. Legally engineered to be addictive. I know. Which is crazy. I know. And now the the vapes with the cotton candy and the caramel, like, really? (laughs) The nicotine delivery system that doesn't kill you, Right. Right. Like that's just horrible. I don't know. Well, I, I have no. I, I don't know. Anyway, tell your. But tell you, your story. No, you have. A, oh no! I was just saying. I think that the vapes are. Hor- I mean, a horrible, insidious thing. They, they probably don't have the same physical effects as smoke in your lungs. Right. So long term, they won't have the same reaction. 
but my God, your kid, every kid's going to try that and get addicted to nicotine. Oh, it's kids, still the most addictive yeah. substance on the planet. Right. You yeah. know, to so be vaping these liquid, which is just, it's so horrible. I wish they would just get rid of tobacco companies altogether. They're bad. And yeah, I, don't, I guess I don't know enough about vape. I mean, I just I see it, I see it, I see it. But yeah. there's, I'm like, I can't keep up. Yeah, no. <laughs> I was like, if you're not I, into it, you're like, mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I, I uh, but I mean, cigarettes though. Yeah. So what's your story? So long term. Yeah. So well, I mean, so uh, yeah, I uh, smoked for what 11, 12 more years. Yep. Around the time you quit, I think is when the idea started. Yep. You know, t- taking very tentative root. Um, but I. I Kept smoking, I think, for, I don't know, four years after that, mm-hmm. I think, at least, um, four or five. Uh, and then, well, this, this is the, this is, all the parts of this are crazy to me, because right. smoking is such a terrible thing for you. Right. And we all know, and b- believe what you will, but secondhand smoke is terrible for you. Right. And if you don't <laughs> look into thirdhand smoke, even thirdhand smoke is terrible for you. And that's smoke that... You're not sitting in the smoke. That smoke that's like in the the drapes yeah, in yeah. a home are yeah. terrible for yeah. you. Know it's terrible. It's still you walked into. It's still off gassing yeah. yeah. um, chemicals, and you're still being affected by yeah. it. Um, so anyway, it's a terrible thing to do to your body, or yeah. particularly somebody else's, because it's yeah. it's not a um, it's not a you know it's not um, you know alcohol you're putting in your body, yeah. and there there are external factors sure. where you impact other people, obviously, yeah. but. You, somebody standing next to you isn't going to get right, negative benefits, right. ne- negative in, negatively impacted while right. you're drinking. It. Yeah. Um, anyway, so cigarette does that. So, and here's why I'm bringing all that up because my wife told me she was pregnant right. in, in our house together. I didn't smoke in the house. I right. didn't smoke in our cars. Yeah. I would go outside and smoke, yeah. but you know, it's still in my clothes, still in my hair. Yeah. My wife, you know, I don't know. I don't know why she <laughs> put up with it. She must, I mean, I guess she must love, she must, must love me, but, uh, <laughs> She told me she was pregnant, and that's when I decided, okay, I have to quit smoking. Right. But I continued to smoke for, I think, three more months. Okay. Um, again, outside. Yeah. Not yeah. around her. Yeah. Um, and then we went uh, to a wedding in Mexico. I talked to uh, a cousin of mine who had stopped smoking, who was my smoking buddy. Yeah. At these family things. Yeah. And so again, I'm like, oh man, why you gotta quit smoking? Anyway, so he recommended Alan Carr's book to me. Yeah, Alan Carr, baby. I came home, got the book, yeah, and happened to get sick. Ah, yeah, a little cold, so you didn't want to smoke. I got a cold, so a I didn't want to smoke. Although, yeah. I mean, I was the kind of smoker sure. that smoked through a cold. Totally. I smoked through anything. Totally. Um, so gross, but yes, it is gross. Totally. And uh, so anyway, so lying in bed for like I don't know a week, it feels oh. like. Reading this book, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you what got me about Alan Carr's book is when you open it up, mm-hmm. and he says something like, you know, something keep along the lines smoking. of "keep smoking, do not quit smoking while you, you read this, this book. book." I'm like, motherfucker. Yeah. I'm like, you're on. Oh yeah. no, you know what? I had opened it before that. <laughs> I had opened it like a month before. I think I'd ha- he had recommended. I guess I guess I had it before I went down there. Yeah. Um, because I had opened it, and I said, I'll just put you aside because he was so confident he was going to get me to quit smoking. Yeah. I thought. I'm not ready, so yeah. I actually put it aside, and I didn't read it right away when he said that. Yeah. His confidence so scared the shit out of me. I wasn't ready, which is crazy, which you think I'd have a lot more sympathy yeah. than I do for people still uh, in yeah. the family. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> it's a good book. So, anyway, lying, lying there sick, yeah. read the book. 
He did a cold turkey, he, pretty much. To some degree. Yeah. And, he, and he dismantles every reason. Yeah. It's so simple. You yeah. know, it's like yeah. it is really um, common sense stuff. And yeah. you can read it and you can go, well, yeah, I know that. But yeah. the way he puts it together yeah. and yeah. it's so simple, piece by piece. By the time you're done, you're like, wow, yeah. what business do I have smoking? Yeah, it's a simple um, book to read. Yeah. And, and yeah. so uh, after that, like, week, I think. After, and I started feeling better. I went out and I tried one more, which is just a dumb thing to do. Wow. I tried one and it was terrible. And that was it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And now I'm, and you know. was that, so you haven't had a cigarette since? No. And you've, have you ever wanted one? Have there been cravings or anything like that? No, for the most part now, I, I'm, and I try not to be that dick ex-smoker. Yeah. I mean, I really yeah. do. Because, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I get it. You know, if it, if it didn't do anything bad for you, I mean, in a perfect world, sure, yeah. you know, it'd be whatever yes, yes but uh no not really i yeah. mean it's just no i i'll say no i mean yeah, me neither no um and i mean i don't like being in smoke i no. hate being in smoke now mm. which is and i was surrounded by it for what 20 some odd yeah, years yeah, yeah. and now i can't stand being yeah, in it. yeah just weird yeah so you know i don't know if that helps <laughs> the person that asks for yeah. insight it's insight but i don't know if it helps yeah um and uh that's the smoking thing. But yeah, I mean, smoking, it's a tough one. drinking, they sort of, they're, they're co-occurring, right? For the most part. Totally. And uh, it's that second one that once you get rid of the drinking, it's just it's shaking yeah. the smoking is a tough one. So, yeah. you know, Jeff and I went out two different yeah. ways, although Jeff did try Alan yeah. Carr at first. I did, and yeah. And it with some for success. Eight months, yeah. yeah. Um, I quit. I quit Alan Carr, and, and I was living in Europe at the time, uh, the smokiest we'll place on the it. planet. So then I go to Italy, and that's where I started again. Because yeah. I'm in Italy, and everyone's freaking smoking there. Everybody. It wasn't even. Yeah, and that's when I picked it up again. And you know what? I think I was you, in Rome. What's interesting? I'm just bitter. Right. All these Italians are smoking, smoking their brains out everywhere, making it look so cool. Like, fucking Italian. I was in France. Yeah. On midnight of the last time you could smoke in a restaurant or bar in smoking France. in a wow. restaurant or bar. and i thought and that was this was right before they put a, this a was, ban on it wow. well, this, yeah it was the night it was new year's eve yeah um but uh it was it was the year it was the new year's eve before i gave up smoking so that's i i felt good about like mm-hmm. what the french are doing yeah if Come the french on. are like banning it in bars and restaurants <laughs> you know if they're cutting down right. i can that's you know, right i can quit i know because it's um, a national pastime in right Europe. and uh yeah so I what are the galloway galloways galloways yeah. yeah so i felt good about that about you know get, being there for the end of that's an era cool. the end of a yeah, yeah. Era. Um, what, but what what do we do after sex <laughs> I do not know. <laughs> they didn't quit smoking. They just quit doing it in bars. Uh, oh. <laughs> unless, unless the sex is going on in the bar or the restaurant, then they got to figure something else out. Um, yeah, no, I think they're still smoking somehow. Yeah. Um, so anyway, smoking. Our eighth step. Oh, eight step. Yeah, let's talk about eight step. step. So, uh, made it, uh, we are making a list of all the people we had harmed. And we're going to make amends to them all. That is your eighth step. Um, we f- have our list from our fourth step where we uh, made this searching and fearless mm-hmm. moral inventory of, of things we have done. And then is there people or institutions? Like I had to make my funniest amends was every day in college, <laughs> I stole lunch from the cafeteria. Wow, nice. Every day. Um, <clears throat> Excuse me. Baby. And I wasn't drunk. I just... Felt that <laughs> college owed me well, something. So you have to make amends for shit you didn't didn't whether you didn't whether you're drunk or not. This is this is one of those things that yeah. So 
I mean, I estimate I probably stole a thousand dollars worth of lunches or whatever. Wow. I have no idea. But uh, my my sponsor at the time, and maybe I, and I was still in college, I think, hmm. and I had stolen lunch every day. Anyway, he made me write this letter to the uh, person in charge, and they forgave me. Okay, they forgave me. They wrote a letter back and said, "You are forgiven. Don't even worry about it." <laughs> now, so in that letter, do you bring up to them that? Uh, yes. So you say, uh, I'm in recovery. Okay. I need to make an amends. Mm-hmm. Here's what I've done. Uh, I stole lunch every day from the cafeteria. I think I owe you at $5 a day times this times wow. this. It's about this. Um, please let me know how I can how I can make... I'm perfectly willing to make... I didn't mm. have the money because mm. I'm in college, but I'm perfectly willing to work it off, pay you this amount. What can we do? Uh, whatever. Please let me know. Um, and they were they wrote back, and and I think most people and that is the way to approach it. Uh, most people, when approached that way, I'm in recovery. Mm-hmm. I need to make an amends for my recovery. I owe you amends. Most the vast majority of people are, will forgive sure. you. Sure. So, but and I, and again, so there's that part of it, and there's you know I've known lots of people that have difficulty with. There's always a one or two that they just won't do, and I or, or you can't because the person's not there. Doesn't live. Right. You know, you just don't know where they are. Right. So you have to be willing to make that amends should you ever see them. Mm-hmm. And I've heard stories of 10 years later, they finally run into this person and they make that amends. Okay. And I've, I had one of those with a girl that I did not see that years later, that next mm-hmm. time I saw her, I was immediately made amends to her. And it was funny by that much water into the mm-hmm. rigid past that it was just kind of funny. But I think it's that willingness to make amends. And you're doing it because, again, you're tr- you're trying to get rid of Every secret thing, every possible thing that you have that can hold you back, that you are repressing, that you mm-hmm. you are you can you're going to hold on until you you know uh, get to the grave. That those things, mm-hmm. and I think making those amends are, is is that's it. You're you're getting all that shame and putting right. it right, cleaning up your side of the street, as they say. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's it. So, um, so we talked about you if you were doing that and. If there's anybody like that, and if you're or you yeah, have made them all, uh, I don't know that I've made every amend I could make. Um, I, I tried to make some. Well, so that's the ninth step, though. Yeah, so the ninth step will be we actually go make them. So this Excuse is me, just everybody. making the list, and then you go Got through it. it with your sponsor and say, "Here's all the people I think I need to make amends to. Okay. Here's all the institutions." And your sponsor will say, "You know what? Uh, don't worry about that one." Or Let's make them all. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, you get into real questions like some people have stolen a lot of stuff. Some right. people have really ripped people off. Right. Do I need to make amends to this? And for the most part, <laughs> right. yeah, you do. You Do I need to make amends if it means I might go to jail? And there's lots of situations I mean, like that, right? And that's tricky. But but you have to be willing to go to any lengths to mm-hmm. stay sober. And if this is going to mm-hmm. to come back and bite you in the ass at some point... Mm-hmm. Then you need to be willing to do it. Have you, or I'm sure people must, uh-huh. did you run into anyone that was, um, that didn't accept the notion that it's about, it was about your addiction, your alcoholism, and that's just an excuse, you know, and, and w- yeah. wasn't willing to uh, accept your. Yeah, I mean, I've, I mean, that must happen. Yeah. Because there are people that don't acknowledge your yeah. alcoholism when you haven't done anything to Yeah, them. right. Uh, for me personally, you know, my, mine were all pretty simple, but okay. I've heard lots of, I think most, lots of people, I had a, I had a sponsee who uh, burned his parents' house down. Wow. And that was a tough amends to make. And I don't know if, I think the first time it, 
they did, did not forgive him. <laughs> <laughs> but eventually they did. Isn't okay. that funny? Eventually they did. Well. Eventually they all, they all uh, which is a crazy part about this, this whole journey is how you'd be amazed at things you thought could never be made right get made right. That's interesting. Well, let me ask you this. So this, this jumped into my mind when you're talking about institutions, yeah. which I had honestly hadn't thought of right. before. Right. So I've, I've told him my story um, mm-hmm. on, on uh, senserightnow.com mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, my freshman year of college, I burnt down yeah. a stand of, you know, old bamboo yeah. that was right next to this, you know, venerable old dorm you know, like at the time it was like, you know, 70 year old or something's a dorm on, on this campus, mm-hmm. um, you know, this celebrated campus. And at one point I, rem- I remember being in the Dean's office and being told that at the time it was the single most egregious act of vandalism wow. uh, on that campus. Wow. And I wasn't the sole perpetrator and it wasn't, wasn't even the ringleader, but I right. certainly was a very active participant. Sure. Let's sure. put it that way. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's just this whole to do at the time mm-hmm. about the the dorm voted on who got to stay and who got yeah. to go and what everybody's, and then the you know the school got involved in that, and so in, in that in that aspect, mm-hmm. all these years later, having mm-hmm. not thought about institutions, mm-hmm. am I supposed to go back and say mm-hmm. sorry about the bamboo? No. Can I buy you some? Yeah. Do you guys need this, me to put this back? No. Okay. No, and I would say it's funny because I think it's it's does this thing still bother you when you think about this thing is there this tinge of guilt or this tinge of shame because i think that's the filter and that's what i would ask a sponsee oh about that i get if you, it. okay if, does does this truly when you think about this thing are you are you like uh and if you still feel that way about it then you might need to go make then you need to go make an amends interesting there are and then there are some things that what doesn't matter how you feel about it you need to go make an amends mm-hmm. you know that are just obviously wrong and then there's there's arguments that you've had with people where you feel that their actions were more inappropriate than your actions, mm-hmm. but when you talk about your actions, they were still inappropriate and you need to go make an amend. Even though that person was a bigger jerk than you, you personally still go need to make still need to go make amends for your parts. And what's great about those is most of the time you you have your feud with someone who's your whatever mm-hmm. and you go clean up your side of the street and then immediately they clean up theirs and you get back to where you were or whatever you've seen lots mm-hmm. of things like that heard lots of stories the other big amends that I, anyway it's parents those are family parents. amends are tough ones to to <clears throat> like if you hear someone who's who won't accept them mm-hmm. or you, those kinds of stories it's usually a parent or mm-hmm. just that the, that has been so mistreated that it's hard for them mm-hmm. you know to immediately forgive right right? this person who is or wives you know they're just like it just takes more than i'm sorry sure right so those are the ones you have to live the living amends there are some amends you will never be able to make right there are people who who dui killed people kill a family kill the family how do you make up for that and you really can't you're not going to go make an amends and you're not going to go talk to them and bring up that horrible thing but the only thing that you then tell this person is you have to make a living amends every day. You have to make a living amends every day. And that's all you can do. I mean, that's all you can do. So there are huge things like that that you just, you know, can't ever, you can't go make the amends. Mm. It's just not fair to that, you know, to bring all that up again. Right. So what are you going to do to make an amends to that? So, yeah, there's that kind of stuff. Hmm. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's your eighth and ninth step. Eighth and ninth step. Yeah. All right. Um, well, so <laughs> that last one <laughs> brought me yeah. down. Yeah. Only no, because no. I mean, you know, the drug thing. I yeah. told you, like my my what are they called the egregious dealer, the disgusting dealer, whatever. Yeah. When I said if I made it home without killing anyone or yeah. myself, I yeah. quit doing drugs. Yeah. That's how I quit doing drugs. Yeah. Just you know, I, I am every day like when i think about it, it gives me chills that i could have destroyed my life but much more importantly somebody else's Absolutely. multiple times I know. through my using i know um is just i know terrible i know if there's any reason to stay in recovery yep. to stay sober it's that no, I, know. I mean that you could end somebody's life no i know and the, it's funny because um, we live in a drinky a driving town i know God and do it's we. and i and i hate that's like one thing i just and I don't go, I don't stay out that late. So ultimately right. I'm never, you know, right. I just, I'm not out that late. But every time I'm around that, it's, I'm kind of a dick about making sure somebody's not driving. Right. And most people who drink will just, <laughs> now they'll be fine. No, you, right, And exactly. it's not, it's them, but it's the family coming home from whatever. Sure. That's the one. It's like, oh, you. It's actually, it's not the very be. careful sober driver. That's the problem. All it yeah. takes is one no, drunk no. ass. Let me tell you, when I was, I mean, during the peak of my yeah. active years, it's like my tolerance was so high that I could ingest any number of things right. and be drunk off my ass. But I was, my tolerance was so high that everybody else was yeah. much more sloppy drunk. So they'd so think I was the right. sober. So yeah. I was the designated driver. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, you guys don't realize that I'm fucked up. I know. That's um, the worst. But they're, anyway. So yeah, there, but for the grace of yeah, um, but I have had lots of one of the greatest pleasures of being sober is being the designated driver. I've yes. driven loads of drunks home right. all over the world, and it is fun. It's it makes you feel good. Like oh, I'm glad right. I'm glad so, that I'm getting right. these assholes home. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> these no, yeah, no, I know. I was I was drafted early on to <laughs> to be that person. It has its moments. Yep. Um, so eighth and ninth, we talked about it. Yeah. So we'll do. We'll talk a little bit, a little bit more that, about the ninth. Yeah. yeah because yeah, I, I, the ninth is the one. I, I think it's like the one that I don't know if everybody that's not an associates. I certainly feel like it's the one everybody talks about the making amends. You yeah. go tell people yeah. like it's because I was drunk. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Remember that time I. Yeah. You just walk. You're just trying to piece together just crap you did. Interesting. Right. Yeah. People like I, you know, stole random money when I was mm-hmm. drinking. I did. Just you know, you get drunk and just do stupid yeah. freaking things, right? Yeah. So yeah, having to go back and piece all that together, and then try to figure out the best, the ones that still bother you, and how you're going to make amends right. for those. That's it. All right. All right. I think we'll call it. Let's do it. All right. Good one. A couple of people asked some questions. Uh, we threw some thoughts out there. We'll have more there. questions for next week. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to try that again. That worked out really well, yeah. and uh, I appreciate uh, everyone that. There are no stupid questions. There are no stupid. There are no stupid questions in this regard at all. Um, and I'll, I'll check with all of you if you want to be identified, and if you do, I'll put you in the liner notes. All right. Cool. Thanks. Bye.
We'll be right back.